This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. And we are recording with Mr. Dave Kopp. I saw you tweeted last night about oh. Xi Jinping having an aneurysm. And I looked and I and I Googled it and like a normal person, it was at like four in the morning. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll save this for tomorrow. Maybe this isn't pending at four AM that I look up if Xi Jinping's having an aneurysm. Did he have an aneurysm? I have no idea. Oh. All right. Well with that, Mr. I, Collin, I picked please it up I picked it up off some new site. Um it had a, it was one of the semi-credible ones. The problem is that if you go too far into the dark web, it becomes not credible. And if you uh-huh. go too far into the mainstream, it becomes not credible. So you're, you're trying to find the, the mid zone. There's some off guardian or something. So, you know, Matt Taibbi or something. I, it, I don't remember where it was from. What caught my attention was that they said that he had a, a, a deadly aneurysm. And I go, well, then he's dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so, I, so I found the grammar of it funny. Uh, that's actually why I tweeted. I said, does anyone find a yeah, grammatical problem with this one? Yeah. Well, that's what if, I thought. If it was potentially deadly, then I go, that's okay. You know, yeah. but when they said a deadly aneurysm, I'm going, well, I guess he's gone. Yeah. Right? Is the, yeah. If Was there a deadly assassination attempt? Yeah, right. Was, was it an sad. attempt? It's, like, <laughs> it's yeah. like pregnant, you know? Yeah. She, she has a, she has a, Partially pregnant, you know, that's one yeah. of those. Yeah, it's like going to like a half funeral. It's like what in the god what in God's name does that mean? Um the top the neck up has died. Yes, of course. Natural <laughs> naturally. Naturally. Um so how much more how much more money do you think we're gonna shovel into Ukraine? And at some point, is it gonna become apparent that this is long like COVID really COVID really pulled the veil back and people understood like the biopharmaceutical complex and that it wasn't new. It's just that COVID revealed it. I feel like now, maybe it's just because I'm 31 now. Maybe other people felt this way in 2003 with uh, Iraq, but it kind of feels like it's, it's maybe removing the veil a little bit when you see the, either the military industrial complex or it's just Congress using it as kickbacks aid to a foreign nation or NGOs. And it comes back to them through some convoluted means or is this just us? I mean, paranoid all, schizophrenics. Yeah, well, that well, that's a given. But is this the U.S.? I mean, like, are we? Is this just empire at all costs? Are we just like anything to drain Russia? Well, there's a million questions here. First of all, I'll warn your readers um, that I have unpopular views on Ukraine, and uh, we could go deep into Ukraine because that's what I've been reading most about. I would say for the last two or three months. I mean, I read and the markets are obviously fasting, right? Yeah, Tether yeah. looks like it's going to blow up. All sorts of things are happening. Yeah. But the Ukraine is one that caught my attention because it, it was so unanimously one-sided. It was much like COVID. It, it was, in my opinion, even worse almost. And okay. so it was much like COVID. So the, there's the analogy there. Once in a while, things happen where you go, look, it's just clear, right? It's just we got to do what we got to do, you know, something like that. Sure. But that was not what I saw in Ukraine. Um, 
So what, what I'll tell the reader is if you've been listening, if you've been getting your Ukraine news from the mainstream press, there's not a snowball's chance in hell you're getting the right story. This is more true than I believed about COVID, for example. It took me a year to figure out how bad the press was getting COVID wrong. This one hit me fast. And what happened was um, the first thing I noticed was that they were calling it a war. And the footage I was seeing was not a war. Now, it does look like a war now, yeah. but the footage I was seeing was not a war. I was seeing explosions that looked like a couple of M80s duct taped together or something. I was seeing explosions in the middle of streets and weird places. I was seeing cars that were burning, but no evidence of what caused the car to burn. I was seeing carnage. I wasn't seeing Saving Private Ryan. I wasn't seeing Baghdad getting the piss beat out of it by allied forces, right? Um, and I was seeing videotapes of, you know, Russian soldiers talking to Ukrainian citizens. There, there was just, everything was wrong about the story. Um, every single bit of footage was either someone blubbering about how bad it is, which could be, so I should be careful about using the word blubbering, but it was someone talking about the horror of it, which means therefore it's not the horror of it, it's someone talking about the horror of it. Um, or footage that you couldn't tell what the hell you were looking at, like an explosion 10 miles away. And, and I said to my wife, I said, this just doesn't look like a war. She would get kind of mad at me, actually, and say, what do you mean? And I go, because there's no footage. And she says, well, people are running for their lives. I go, no, 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 no. In the modern era, there's always people who've got their cell phone on and they're being mm -hmm. complete idiots and they're chasing, the, they're chasing, hoping to get their 10 minutes of fame. There's always a cell phone on when, when something's happening. Then you started noticing things like, uh, like cars that have been supposedly blown up and tipped over. And in the building behind where the cars have been tipped over, <laughs> were not shattered windows. Yeah. Right. And I go, and people start joking about, you know, I need those missile proof windows. And then, yeah. And then the, 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 supposedly a Scud missile hits the front front of a, a, a of some hotel or something. And I'm going, you know, it wasn't a Scud. It was something else. But I'm going, you know, it, it kind of blew out the lobby. But I'm going, the building's still there. So there was just things like that happening for a long, for, for too long. That's what I was seeing. And then... I would challenge people and they'd say, well, you know, there was a CNN guy and you could hear the explosion in the background. I'm going, so no one's clever enough to blow some shit up while CNN guys talking. That would never happen. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. They do that for every news story. Yeah. So I just wasn't seeing what I expected to see in a war. It was just that simple. Now, again, it's gotten worse. No question. And there's people suffering. No question. But the story, the plot then thickened and, and it's thickened now to the point where I'm reaching out to the first thing I started doing was watching documentaries about Ukraine pre-January. Because in the middle of a war, anything you get is going to be tainted by propaganda in a massive way. And what you get before the war is too, potentially. I read Edward Bernays' book on propaganda. I, I've just I've been burrowing on this topic because of it. And. If you watch documentaries about Ukraine before the war, what you find is that, that nothing is straightforward. You find that the place is a shit show. 
you find that you find all sorts of information about the U.S. toppling the government in 2014 and some NATO sponsored coup and Zelensky getting elected. Yeah, maybe. And and who's Zelensky? And, and then you start reading about the Azov Battalion, which yeah. I, I think they're making a mistake calling them Nazis. The mistake is that I think they're fascists. I don't even know. I never know the difference between a fascist and a Nazi. And, you know, I, I know fascists is centralized power. Who doesn't have centralized power, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, 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 that, so, but the Azov Battalion, I believe, here, here's how I think about the Azov Battalion. I believe that there's an analogy with the White Hats in uh, the White Hats in Syria, I think it was. There were these guys running around looking like good guys, saving people after bad attacks. Then you find that they were taking off their white helmets and going and causing more trouble. And then they put their white helmets on and show up on the scene. Right. <laughs> and so if you talk to some guy like Piers Morgan, Piers, not Piers Morgan, Piers Robinson, who's on Twitter, you ought to follow him. He, he's geopolitically good. Okay. Um, and these guys were tearing the white hat story apart. And then, and then, um, I think you can view the Azov Battalion as sort of maybe the functional equivalent of the drug cartels in Mexico, okay. where they're not a big percentage of the population, but they tell you what to do and you don't give them guff. So then it got weird. I get an email from a guy who says, did you know that, you know, the troops were, and forgive me, I still haven't figured out East West in Ukraine. You know, as much as I burn, it's east, west, north side. I don't know what the hell is going on. There's the pro-Russian and non-pro-Russian side, right? Well, I'm going to call pro-Russian east and, and non-pro-Russian west. I think that's it's, correct. Well, it's if it's not, I have dyslexia. <laughs> um, and so, so it sent an email and said, "Did you know how many troops were amassing in the west before Putin attacked?" I go, I go, no. So, so there's this puzzle piece all of a sudden that shows up in my email box. And I, I think it was in a podcast some guy did is, who, who's talking about how many troops were amassing in the West. And these are these are these neat, these extreme nationalists. Some people call them Nazis. Now they call them Ukrainian nationalists to whitewash them. Um, they have logos that look like swastikas, but that could be a coincidence. Uh, I, it's, it's dangerous to put out stuff that might be wrong because then people just say, well, therefore it's all wrong. And it doesn't all have to be wrong. So in any event, these are the guys who ended up stuck in the steel mill with the civilians. The soft stall. Yeah. Yeah. The A's. That's right. That's right. Um, then one day I get an email from a guy who says, did you know that the, that the Western Ukrainian forces were shelling the East for five days before Putin had, entered and again i have no idea if this guy's lying to me I, for all i know the guy's psychotic or, or some 12 year old in his parents basement i just don't know who it is but i i just put this puzzle piece on the stack i go that's interesting right and then the, but as i'm reading more and more about the azov potato i start burrowing through scott ritter videos and of course, now Scott Ritter is always accused of being a pedophile. Julian Assange is a rapist. Dominique Strauss-Kahn is a rapist, right? Everyone who is, oh, uh, Robert F. Kennedy is a, is, is a nutball, right? You can't go against the system without being labeled. And so the labels you should ignore. You should ask, is the data good? So, um, so the Azov Battalion, um, 
appears to be a real problem. And I, I, I've read some pretty credible sources saying that basically the Azov Battalion aligned itself with Zelensky. And they essentially went to Zelensky and said, uh, you're going to do what we tell you, we're going to kill you. Uh, Mexican drug lord level kill you. And uh, a very unpleasant demise. And, and it was a credible source. I can't remember it. I've got all the links. I save them always. And, uh, and so Zelensky's cornered. Zelensky's got these Ukrainian nationalists who are saying, you can't, you know, there's these Minsk one and Minsk two agreements. I have trouble keeping them straight still because this is the part of the world I knew precisely zero about. And, um, and uh, I'm one of the guys who say, can you pick Ukraine off a map? No, right? I can now, but I couldn't. Um, and, and one of the guys, I'm trying to remember who it was, might have been Ritter said, he thinks that the Ruskies probably have, uh, Boris and Natasha, probably have troops in, in Kiev or Kiev or whatever, right? We're, we're learning the hard way here. It's, it's Kiev. Um, it's Kiev. You got to put your proper thumb up. It's Kiev. Uh, I know. I know. With the finger up while you drink your tea. Yeah. Um, and, and, and he said that he thinks that the Ruskies probably have commando forces in there ready to get Zelensky the hell out of there if the Azov guys turn against him. Because they need him. The Ruskies would rather deal with Zelensky than with some Azov neo-Nazi. Now, again, the neo-Nazi thing gets debunked because they say, well, Zelensky's a Jew and therefore, well, first of all, if Zelensky's been threatened to be savagely murdered, his religion takes, has become secondary. Second of all, by calling them Nazis, you attach the anti-Semitism flavor that may not be the dominant part of their ethos. It might be. I, don't, I just, I'm still learning as I go. So then I started, I, I started running into people from the past who had very, very clearly said that NATO is pushing Russia and this is going to end very badly. Very smart guys. These are highly credible. So the name, uh, John Mearsheimer okay. from uh, University of Chicago. I've, has tried, been tell I've been trying to get him on this podcast for two years. Well, I've been swapping emails with him for two days. So I, I, I can't help you. Um, maybe not. Um, also, there's the other guy, Steve Wall. So, so Mearsheimer last night sent me a, a, a debate he did where Steve Wall from he's Harvard Kennedy School or something. And, uh, and Mearsheimer did a debate against, oh, McFall. What's McFall's former position? What's McFall? John McFall, I think it is. He's a douchebag. I've, that doesn't I've, help you. They're all douchebags. Yeah, I have no idea. And, and the, 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 either the former or the current Secretary of Defense of Poland. This is a big debate. And Mearsheimer and Walt tried to say, look, here's the deal. We got to get out of this war. We just have to get out of this war. And Mearsheimer has been warning us for a decade now that we're going to end up in an awful, awful conflict if we keep pushing NATO into Ukraine. Now, these other two guys, besides not being very likable, which doesn't help them, uh, they were fast and loose with the truth in a way that if you had not been binging videos and stuff, you wouldn't know. So they said, look, you know, no one says Ukraine's going to be in NATO. And you go, 
Well, you know, you're giving them all the weapons imaginable, right? You've been arming them for quite some time. You've been doing this. You've been doing that. You're, you've been working your way towards Russia no matter what. And by the way, the very existence of NATO is to oppose Russia. Uh-huh. So, 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 so the bottom line is Mearsheimer has been saying that Putin and the Ruskies, the inner, he says he talked to hundreds of people in the inner circle over the years of the Ruskies. He says, not one of them blew off the idea that NATO and Ukraine was a risk. They all accepted it as a risk. There's no debate inside Russia on that. And, and so, uh, so as Mearsheimer says, look, to the Russians, this is an existential risk. Mm-hmm. To the Americans, oh, excuse me, NATO, there's a Freudian slip. Actually, it wasn't. I did that on purpose. It's a preference. Yeah. We want it because we, for some reason, don't want Putin there. And I'm going, be careful what you wish for, folks. Yeah. Putin's holding together a, a country that's full of crazies. And if somehow he's gone, oh, boy. Remove Saddam. Remove yeah, yeah. Or let's, that's exactly right. In fact, Mearsheimer, in his debate the other night with um, with Walt, um, said, um, you know, we take out Gaddafi, right? This is this is stupid stuff we do. And I think it was McFall said, we didn't take out Gaddafi. It's like, oh, come on. Right? So I think the pro-Ukraine, pro-NATO guys were very loose for the facts. They were saying that, that we've never conveyed an interest in Ukraine, uh, NATO, and that's a done deal, and, and, and Putin can just go home. And, and that's just, they... There's no chance that Putin can just take that at face value, in my opinion. Based on all my reading, all my videos, all my everything, I, I, Putin has a leg- If Putin perceives NATO inside Ukraine to be a risk, Putin has a, has an interest in, in what's going on in there like this. His 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 interest was peaked. Now, interestingly, early in the war when it didn't look like a war. I was picking up shards of information from people who were still speaking out, saying that Putin had put out the word to avoid cities. And he put out the word to avoid uh, civilian casualties. And he that he really did want to sort of win the hearts and minds of most of the Ukrainians. And so one of the tricks, Ritter, I think it was said, look, he's going to, Putin's going to bait the Ukrainian troops to defend the cities, then pull back out again, leaving the Ukrainian troops in the cities while Putin can sort of weave and bob his way through. Now, why was Mariupol the target? Why, if you look at videos of Mariupol now, sorry for being such a ranter, but this no, is, no, this no, is the first, no. This is you the make first my jo- podcast I've done. You're making my job since, easy. Keep going. Um, some number of years ago, which I don't want to put a number on because I've forgotten it already. Um, Basically, the Azov battalion Nazis, Azov battalion fascists, took over Mariupol as their headquarters. And so I believe that Putin, to give him some credit for being a savage bastard, um, is trying to round up the Azov battalion and kill him. I think I and and here's here's how Ritter defends it. Now, Ritter is a very strong willed young man. Not so young anymore. And Mearsheimer, by the way, in one of his podcasts said he was listening to Ritter one time way back in the past. 
He said he he knows his stuff, and I, that's what my conclusion was. And um, and and Ritter reminds us that if you were a Russian and you had lost twenty to thirty million people to the Nazis in World War II, the resurgence of a Nazi movement in Ukraine would not warm your heart. Yeah. And I've I've tried I've tried to get into it with people who blindly support Ukraine. Now, here's what's going to happen. Guaranteed, the highest price will be paid by the Ukrainians, the suffering, the death, the dismemberment. The Ukrainians are the victims. This is a proxy war. Yeah. We're arming the Ukrainians to go get them killed against the Russians. Yeah. And and so um, and so. Um, lost my train of thought. Ritter uh, thinks Putin is doing everything that he planned, that this is going according to plan, possibly, possibly with the exception. Um, another guy's trying to call me on my phone. He wants to talk about Ukraine. I know the phone number. Um, and, uh, and, and he thinks that despite the, the response of the world to Ukraine, um, Putin's plan is working out according to plan with a little bit more difficulty than he anticipated. Um, now, when I'm arguing with Ukraine is good, Russia is bad, this is simple. I, that, that frustrates me. Yeah. First and foremost, I used to, I used to be on Zoom calls with a former NSA guy. It was a big Zoom group, but when he chimed in, oh boy, it was riveting. I might have mentioned him last time. And he said, if you identify good and evil, then you can stop thinking. Yeah, well, it's, it's, what, it's what the comedian Tim Dillon says in terms of thinking of things as Republican or Democrat. But it's the same That's way. Right. He goes, once you look at things through the lens of a binary system, you shirk the responsibility of independent thought. That's right. And that's why if you say the, uh, the COVID problem is Gates and Fauci. Yeah. You can stop thinking as you go, well, those are the evil bastards. I don't know what to do with them, but we're done. Pro-science, anti-vax. Right. And and so so he said he hates to name names because it causes people to anchor on the names. So so I had an important thought. Oh, so when I'm talking to a pro-Ukraine person who seems blind, I have no problem with the people who say I support Ukraine. I, I, how could you not say that at some level? They are the victims, but but they think it's just a simple good and evil. And and I say, well, how, how do you know it's how do you how do you have such a clear view of that? They go, well, it's obvious. Putin invaded a sovereign state. And I go, uh, we've never done that, really. And and actually, uh, Biden admitted that it has to happen in Europe and since World War II. And I'm going, really? Um, are you kidding? So, so I challenged them at that point. I get kind of irritated, actually. I said, okay, which country, Russia or United States, has bombed more nations in the last 20 years? Which has killed more people in the last 20 years? And, and we're decimal points apart on this, right? We are decimal points apart on this. And then I say, statistically speaking, we are the bad guys. Period. Yeah. We've killed what we kill probably a million Iraqis. And they start giving me guff. And I go, why did we kill a million Iraqis? Explain that to me. Why did we kill it? Why? Why is that not a war crime? Why is that not a 
the, one of the darkest moments in history. And they can't even answer the question. They can't identify what Saddam did. Yeah. I go, how about Afghanistan? How about Yemen? You say, oh, we didn't bomb Yemen. No, we gave the goddamn arms to the Saudis to bomb Yemen. They slaughtered them. And then what do we get bent out of shape about? Khashoggi. One dead Khashoggi. I call him ODK. I gave him the acronym. ODK. One dead Khashoggi. ODK. Which I pointed out, no one could spell his goddamn name before he died. And all of a sudden, he just became the poster child of, you know, Black Lives Matter. I don't know. And uh, and we keep hearing about Khashoggi. And the, the bottom line is, I don't give a damn about Khashoggi. He was in the Saudi embassy. He got fed to the camels. So what? If you don't want to get fed to the camels, don't go there. If you don't want to get sent home in a box, don't go to North Korea. Yeah. Right? There's just simple rules of thumb I follow. Yeah. So that's that's my take. So I, do I understand it? Oh, my God. No. But I understand how complicated it is at some level. So as recently as last night, I was swapping emails. Mearsheimer sent me a very interesting email analyzing the debate, which she said, keep to yourself. And I will. Um, and so that's what I've been focusing a lot on. I think it's. Um, I think it's safe to say that NATO has been provoking Russia constantly. I think it's safe to say the Azov Battalion are not good people in a, in a most general sense. Uh, put it this way, through the lens of a Russian, they're not. And uh, apparently they're brutal. So when you hear, oh, here's a funny one. You, did you follow that whole missile into the train station story? No. Oh, so a train station got hit. 50 people got killed. They gone. oh, look at the Russies. What a bunch of badasses. The first thing I notice is that the missiles laying there on the ground looking pretty intact. They've gone, oh, this is Pentagon 2.0 right here. Look at that piece <laughs> of the plane, right? And, um, and, and then I posted it. I said, boy, that missile's in pretty mint condition for having just blown up a train station. And social media did what it does well, and that is it pulled that argument apart. And said, no, no, they're two-stage missiles. But then what immediately, so the first stage drops off, the second stage lands and does its business. But immediately what followed was, by the way, Russia hasn't used those missiles in six years. They replaced them all with the, they retrofitted them. They're now blah, 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 blah. <laughs> That's a Ukrainian missile. Uh, and then you go, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Russians must have some. They could do it if they wanted to, right? Make it look like a Ukrainian missile. But that was not their plot line. They were not saying Ukraine shot themselves. The Russian, that was not the Russian propaganda that I could find, which, by the way, I'd like to hear the Russian propaganda. They're not going to give it to us. I want to hear what the Russians say is happening. I'm happy to ignore it. I'm happy to say I think they're lying, but well, they won't let us hear it. Well, no, the government will decide what you can and can't think of. That's right. We can talk about Nina Jackoff. Yeah, we can, we, we can stay in our Overton window. We just can't step yes. outside of it. All right. Yeah, but Nina Jackoff has interesting history, too. Fuck her. Fuck her. No, no. She's worse than just a pinhead. She's got history that goes further back. It's dark. She goes back to Ukraine. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I haven't quite pieced it together. But when I got there, I go, oh, you're kidding. Oh, God. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, exactly. So in any event, um. Then people tell me and said, by the way, they have a 150 mile range. These guys who clearly know what they're talking about. And they go, you can track where a missile came from based on where the, the first stage lands the second, because it's a straight line weapon. 
So you, the, the, the first stage drops here, the second stage lands there. You can say, okay, based on the distance, based on the trajectory, it started right here. Mm -hmm. and, and it turns out it started from dead center Ukraine controlled territory. How convenient. So I think the, the, the massacring in the West is probably, if I had to bet a paycheck, this is just, if I, it forced me to put the money on the table, is being done by the Azov guys. And, and meanwhile, Zelensky is running a combination of maybe I, I, all the things he has to deal with are probably unimaginable, but one of them is a grift, right? He's, he's, he's rounding up huge resources. He's going on TV and he's, 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 he's an actor. He is. He's got like a $35 very, million dollar villa in Miami. Well, here's the problem. He actually made a lot of money as an actor. Yeah, but isn't, so he, that, isn't he a billionaire? I don't know. And if you show me an article that says he is, I'll, I'll ask you to show me how you know that. Oh, okay. 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 Sorry. Okay. We're sorry. stuck. In, no, no. But, but that's the problem. If I trusted our media to find the answer, we could just yeah, ask them. That's true. So, so you don't know where Russia propaganda ends. What I what I did also do, by the way, and I've always done, but I made I, I did it thoroughly this time, is I binge watched all of Putin's interviews. So the Putin is a madman theory is about as ridiculous as you can get. Yeah. Well, Putin, Putin is a genius. Yeah. Maybe not a, an academic genius, but he is a tactical genius. He's a savvy genius. You put him against Macron, Trudeau, uh, Biden, uh, Boris Johnson. These guys are idiots compared to Putin. The, 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 uh, the crazy madman theory does not work. If you listen to all his interviews, when he gets asked a question, he's direct to the point. He is the Jordan Peterson of Moscow. Yeah, that's an interesting metaphor. Right that's very good. Yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, you don't rise to the top of any organization and have staying power if you're not if you're stupid. And that doesn't mean you're good and it doesn't mean you're evil. But you don't you don't head up uh, a Mexican drug cartel by being stupid. You could be an that's absolute right. demon. But you're not stupid. Right. In fact, George Friedman in America's Secret War. George was the guy who started and founded and, and ran Stratford right up until he got hacked for two million emails. And then it just went away. Um, George said, don't underestimate any of the players in these geopolitical conflicts. Every last one of them's yeah, you're not smart. Stupid. You're not stupid. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah for me, I've, I've kind of and I, I realized this pretty soon after the invasion, like right from the get go, as soon as it started, uh, you know, hook, line and sinker, I was like, oh, fuck Russia. But very quickly to me, I was like, I saw too many similarities to COVID and much like COVID. It took me a while to realize that just because you're questioning something doesn't mean you necessarily have to have an alternative hypothesis. That's right. What is going on? You know, like JFK. I don't. I don't know if it was the CIA or Cuba or Russia or, or China pitting us against each other, but that doesn't mean you're not allowed to question the event. So That's right. when this started, I was like, I don't know what's going on. And I still don't. But you smell the lies fast. But when from the get go, it was we stand with Ukraine, every major corporation were with Ukraine and we sanction everything that's Russian, no Russian actors or skate or uh, ice skaters. Which is, or, by the way, appalling. 
which is insane, especially because it didn't happen to China after they released a bioweapon that killed six million people. But some Russian conductor doesn't deserve to be treated that way. So the fact that it was so overtly lockstep and much like COVID, if you questioned it, you're immediately evil and complicit. And the and the cherry on top is when they did it with the U.S. biolabs, as soon as they start calling something disinformation and banning you from like the big social media platforms, to me, that just that's that's red handed. That's the Pinocchio nose. As soon as they go yeah, exactly. disinformation banned, I mean, election fraud and bio and covid bioweapon immediately gone. As soon as they started saying this is different disinformation, that's when I went, whatever they're saying is not true. I have no idea what it is. But I don't think it's a process of elimination. There's a million outcomes, but we can cross one off the list. And that one is whatever the the main marching orders are. That's like that's all. And I've interviewed Ukrainian refugees. I'm having another one in an hour and a half. Like I've had these guys on. It's terrible. And they tell you that they're they're innocent. They're people like you and I. They're just poor schmucks who got wrong place, wrong time. And so it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, any- we, we're, for example, trying to figure out how we're going to get our our Mac fixed or how exactly. we're going to get our baby formula. Yeah. And they're in the middle of a shit storm. Exactly. So it's not, doesn't make light of that, but at all. Yeah. But you can't, you can't look back at something like Iraq. The invasion was what? It's 18. I can't do math. 19 years ago. You can't look back at that. Something that was so clearly a lie. You can't look right. back at Vietnam. I mean, the Gulf of Tonkin. You can't look back at these things that have happened within living memory and then just go, but this one, it's the goodies versus the baddies. Now, the last definable one was like, we got to stop Hitler and we got to kill the Jap- Japanese for Pearl Harbor. Whether or not they, they did Pearl Harbor, who knows? But that was like the last black and white one. Ever the, the since one that, the one, The one that looked the cleanest was... Uh, Gulf War, which you and I both know there was there was there was there was backroom things happening in the Gulf War. Yeah. Where, as I recall, we even talked about this, where where the rumor is I'll call it a rumor because it's so hard to document these things unless you catch Victoria Newland on the phone. Um, uh, the rumor is that we gave Saddam the nod and said, you go to Kuwait. Uh-huh, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Have a ball. And then we got him. Yeah. But even that one, yeah, you could argue. And it seemed clean because we went and then left. Well, not, that's aside right. from the fact that we're still in Kuwait. Well, in well, general. but we came and we left. We came, left the Iraqis conquered. alone, but but we, we had our footprint in the Middle East. So we can't look at all these things and then just assume that it's all good. You can't be burned by scam after scam after scam. And then go, but this one, although it looks too good to be true, is real. Because if you if you do say that, you're just an idiot. I right. don't know what's going, and I'm sure there are aspects of truth, and there are good people and bad people. I mean, we know we know Putin said that the fall of the Soviet Union was the worst moment of his life, and that he wants to restore no, Russian glory. No, 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 no. I don't even I don't even accept that model. All right. Okay. What what he said? He said the fall of the Soviet Soviet Union. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It was a disaster. Well, how he clarified it was by saying, look, it orphaned a bunch of countries. And so they were directionless. And, and so he, he, I don't think you can find, and you might be able to, if someone does, send, send me the clip, because I, I, I would love to get this one straight, but I don't think he has explicitly said he wants to reassemble the Soviet Union. He did say it was a disaster that it fell apart. But he was saying it in the context of all of a sudden you had all these problems. So he might have been saying, look, if we could have held it together and, and repaired it in some other way, it would have been better. I, that, that's not... That's not crazy. You can disagree yeah. with it. Now, the fact that there's people out there who somehow think that every country has to be a democracy or they're our enemy, that's also insanity. Yeah. Especially since ours is starting to look kind of sketchy. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I, I try to just look at like the history, you know, Eisenhower, Smedley Butler. It's very right. clear that it's just it's the American empire at all costs. And as dark as that is, I mean, also being a realist, it's, I think it's a zero sum world and maybe you just want to be on the winning team. That might be a dark admission. That being said, I think most realistically, we're looking at this as another, another area to kind of, you know, like Germany, like we have our, we have massive air bases there. Like we, we dominate the Island of Okinawa. Like we, we have what, like 810 military bases around the world. This could just be yet another insignificant in terms of the big picture. Hey, Ukraine, we're going to help you out. You're indebted to us. You can't pay back your debts. Don't worry. Can we put an air base here? Thank you. It might just right. be another. And I'm, again, it's not to make light of all the people dying, but it might, it might not even be that it's some grand conspiracy. It might just be, part and parcel for the American empire might just be, we well, want some I, runways. I, I do believe at this point that there's a natural gravitational pull of, well, this is known. I read a book on sociopathy. I've read several, but one of them was called the sociopathic store, which is very easy reading. It's, it's a very low level book by a shrink who didn't give case studies because they didn't want to out their patients. So they made composites and, and, and one in 25 people are sociopaths. If you look at where they aggregate, they aggregate positions of power. Of and it's it, not only because they gravitate to it, but because it being sociopathic gives them advantages because some people restrain themselves from doing immoral things and the sociopaths don't. Yeah. And so, um, so I don't, th I don't think you can be in the beltway without having a statistically massive probability of being a sociopath. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and then the question then, so, so then, so, so like, as I was listening to the debate and my response to Mearsheimer on the debate was um, the other team was loose with the facts. And when they said that, when they said, for example, that NATO wasn't in any way trying to sort of incorporate Ukraine, 
I go, maybe not in name, but in function, certainly. And, and um, what was the second one I told him? There's another one. I can't remember, but um, I've had some weird exchanges. I had a three-way going with Stephen Roach and Larry Summers last week. So I, they, they, they do, they, I, I, I'm juggling a lot of balls in the air. By the way, I also think we we at some point before we go, we should talk about the economy because I think we're I think we're heading for an awful awful problem. Oh God. Um. Um. So I don't know. The Ukraine problem just seems like more more COVID, more everything, more you know. Um, we've got a president who's clearly owned by both Ukraine and China based on the corruption charges that would come his way if he got out of line. I mean, I think he'd have to really be psychotic to claim that, that, that Biden isn't conflicted in both of those places. Um, and so I, I don't see how anyone can look at Ukraine and say, oh, I have a clear vision of what we should do. Yeah, it, it kind of seems like there, it's just this weird like we're going through these like cyclical learning processes and I don't know if there's an intelligence behind it or if it's just, or if it's just a phenomena of evolution on like a global scale, but we're going through these things where it's just like, do you get the lesson? No, let's go through again. And with every iteration, it's kind of like filtering vodka again and again, like it's getting better. COVID woke up a lot of people. Ukraine woke up a lot of people, but then you still have people who are just, you know, you know, face mask in the profile picture, Ukraine flag in the name. And it's like, yeah, they're retards. You could tell them tomorrow what to believe and they'll be out there. This is the next thing. BLM, Biden, Harris, get the vax, put your mask on Slava, Ukraine. And it's like, there's no independent thought there. They're just, I pray there's PhD thesis being written on the mindset that leads people to do this. Well, that's the thing is though, because these changes are happening so rapidly, like it used to be pretty infrequent. It would be like, 9-11, 9-11, rah-rah America. It's like, okay. And then, like, 10 years later, it was like, Occupy right. Wall Street. And it's like, okay. But it was these very big, decade-long, and then maybe six years later, Trump Nazi. Okay. And then it's Trump Russian agent. Okay. And then it's COVID. And then it's election fraud. And then it's BLM. And then it's I Can't Breathe. And then it's Get the Vax. And then it's Joe Rogan Bad. And then it's Ivermectin, Robert Malone, McCullough, Ukraine, Roe v. Wade, Elon Musk bad. These things are happening. It's rapidly increasing to where people are starting to just through the sheer rapidity. People are going. It's when you change a radio station every once a month, you maybe don't recognize that it's being changed. But if someone starts skipping through channels, you start yeah, to it's realize like when, that it's like channel, when your your wife has the remote. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, is it's not. It, it's you start to realize it's not even that you realize that that what it what's going on and what the message is as much as you realize there is a messaging system because it's being changed so quickly. You go, oh, what what is that? Regardless of well, what it's saying, you're seeing that the mass programming it does exist. Well, so last year I wrote 100 pages on authoritarianism, rising authoritarianism, and and it left me in such a dark place because I, I should have stopped writing, but I, there, I had to get to the end. Normally, I every year I write what I can and then I stop. At this one, there was a finish. I had to get to it. It turned into 300 pages. Um, 
there's characteristics of authoritarian states. I, I read a book by Hannah Arendt, which was too hard for me. I talked to a colleague of mine who's a genius Nobel Prize winner, lived in an attic for two years in Germany. This guy's been there, done that. And he said, oh, she's a tough read. And I'm going, okay. Um, and um, I've been trying to understand authoritarianism and it creeps. It is absolutely a creeping process. So if you started slaughtering Jews in 1941, it wouldn't work. You you have to in, you have to work incrementally. You have to put just one more degree on the boiling frog. Overused metaphor, sorry. Um, you have to do it incrementally until finally people acclimate to the idea. So COVID was acclimation to an idea. Now, what was the funny ass joke? I pieced several funny ass jokes together that I stole. Uh, someone said um, uh, Putin deserves the Nobel Prize for ending, ending the COVID, COVID pandemic. Um, and then, um, Clarence and Thompson then, ended the Ukraine war. <laughs> right. And then, um, what was the other one? Um, the, oh, fuck. I'm drawing a blank. Um, and, uh, and, uh, oh, shit, I don't know. It's not coming to me. My brain. I, I think the vaccine got to my skull. I, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I had a student in my office today said she's had asthma ever since her vaccination, by the way. Jesus. She's like 25, 30, maybe. Good Lord. Yeah, I know. I know. The sick bastards. Sick bastards. But it's it's the changing of the messaging and the acclamation that's happening. The other thing people. is, that's right, future shock. I used the phrase future shock last year. And future shock, the idea is when when the changes are too fast and you become disoriented. Yeah. And that's part of the plan i think where where if they can just keep bombarding us then we just I, can't get on our feet you think it's intentional well, you know i was I, thinking that they were i, maybe I get lost mistakes. in that question i was thinking they made the mistake they they tried to start boiling it too quickly that's an inter- that's an interesting i like your take though maybe it's intentional for whatever I, reason it's, i i just don't know i i i and then the question is is it really a metaphor again. I use after talking to the NSA guys. I, you know, I, we're talking about oligarchies. And he said, you know, they're kind of self-assembling. Mm. And then I got this image of a. If you're listening to this, go to Google and and search starling murmuration, and you'll see these spectacular patterns of starlings in the sky, and ask which starling started that one, right? Which starling is in charge of that murmuration? Some of them are stupendously. It's like, you know, schools of fish. They're, they're emergent systems that, that somehow they all. The, the other one I like in humans is that, you know, every day, you know, a couple million people eat, eat lunch in New York City. And there's no department of lunch. There's no overseer. It's just this magical dance. Yeah, it's like where the cells. food. No one yeah. cell was like a new world order of cells. And we're all going to act. Yeah, that's humans. right. We got to go take over the brain now, right? No, it's like um, you, it just arises. And so I think that could be happening. The slime mold climbs your shower curtain, not because it cares. Yeah. Right? So and, and that kind of makes it less scary then. Like maybe a new world order is just like well, just a thing that happens in civilizations. Maybe one I, I, world know, government I don't know if it end. makes it less scary, though, because it may mean you also don't control it. And it may mean, therefore, things become unstoppable. So again, my theory is the internet, when it went live and active, uh, was potentially democracy's greatest hope. 
because guys like you and I meet, we talk and right. We're not, there was a book called live not by lies. It was one of my first books on reading about the Soviets um, last year on, and these were the, the, the um, Christians in the Soviet union trying to keep Christianity alive. And they were hiding out in basements and stuff, trying to pass it along. And they stopped teaching their kids because they didn't want them to blurt something out and get thrown in a gulag. And all of a sudden you have a generation that doesn't have the information. Hmm. And we have a generation now. So for example, you know, hot topic, critical race theory, critical race theory is garbage. Uh, um, if you kept it in the law schools and you talked about it as a theoretical construct, it would be fine. When you start telling five-year-olds that, that, that they're a problem because they're white, you're a racist, right? And it's that simple. And you can tell me I'm a racist for saying it. I don't care. You fuck yourself. I don't care. Come at me. I'm ready. I'm 67 years old. Come at me. And by the way, if you come at me physically, I, you're going to die. I'm going to find a way. <laughs> and so, uh, so, so there's just bad ideas that proliferate. And I, I don't know. I don't. And I, I, at one point at Thanksgiving, I was there with my youngest son and my wife. And my wife was lamenting the fact that I was dark and deep. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I said, uh, I said, Candace, the problem is what it feels like is it feels like we're in, I'm in Nazi Germany in 1935. And, and people are telling me to stop speaking up. It feels wrong to me. It feels like I have to speak up. Leo and, and, I, and, and my wife wasn't getting it. And finally, my son said, mom, what I think I was trying to tell you is it is possible the world is this fucked up. My wife was a, you know, former hippie anti-war, you know, go levitate the Pentagon chick. So she ought to get it. She is starting to see it. She's starting to watch TV and going, that makes no sense. I go, yeah, but they just lied to you, didn't they? Well, it's also, there's a, there's an understandable hesitation because once you start looking at it, there's no going back. So it's like, uh, you know, oh, there's a little, you know, it's like, um, what, 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 what analogy am I looking for? It's like seeing, the, the, yeah, but that that one's so overused. It, 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 I don't know. It's, it's cleaning up something from the floor, and then you're going. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Like, fuck, there's like, there's more. There's more. And I you know. Go, oh, I no, know. it's under the fridge. And then you go, oh, fuck it's every there's ants and yeah part of it's like start looking at it and you go oh wait you know, see the difference in that one is i would just get up and walk away <laughs> yeah well that that one you go yeah fuck it but even that though there's my wife will do though, it. because you go yeah, hey, fuck it it's just a fridge but what about when it's the whole world and you go oh and you start going oh wait are the media complicit and then you go oh wait maybe we are the bad guy. maybe the whole world is bad and all of a sudden it falls down and there is just some peace and going yeah it's not affecting me right now and like although i don't I, condone I, that i understand it after i wrote my annual tome of doom which used to just be funny i thought you know there was always predicted doom but it was funny doom 
And this, this last one was awful to him. I was getting migraines and stuff. And um, I had a friend from Switzerland who manages old money, old money's money that might've been around since, you know, the 17th century for all I know, this is generational money, big dick money. And he sent me an email and I sent this thing to no one. Usually I have this preferred list of about two or 300 people that I personally send it to. I sit there and I grind away all day and I send it to them and uh, it's not a mailing list. And um, I sent it to nobody. Part of it's the mechanics of how it came out in pieces and stuff. But I had one very famous money manager. There's not a person listening to this who hasn't heard his name. Um, send me an email and say, what am I on your shit list now? You never sent it to me. He said, I found it, but you never sent it to me. I said, I was so deeply depressed by writing it. I sent it to nobody. And, and, uh, and, uh, and then another one from Switzerland, this old money guy said, you have to stop writing this. He said, life's too short and it's taken too much out of you. He could see it all over the thing. So I had these two. And so, so then the first one I had over for dinner, which was funnier than shit. Again, famous guy. We're gonna have dinner on a Thursday. I lose track of the time. Someone knocks on the door. I open the door in my bathrobe and there they are. And I go, my first response is, fuck, it's Thursday. He goes, yeah. And I go, and, and they're horrified. All of a sudden I'm saying, and I said, no, no, come in. We'll just do takeout. This we'll, we'll call an audible here. Yeah. And then, and then, but he said at that dinner, he says, you, you have to write it. He says, you're the only guy who pulls it together like this. And I, I think he's right. I'm not, I don't think he's wrong. I think that's correct. There's no other sort of annual survey of the world's events that, that's like this one. And, um, and, uh, and then to top off the evening, the funny thing was, is then my brand new Boston Terrier puppy pissed on his girlfriend. <laughs> and I, I, I sent him an email. I said, you know, it really tapped it off when my dog peed on your, your girlfriend. He said, yeah, the, the peeing was special. That yeah. was good. <laughs> um, establishing dominance. Yeah. No, no. She was just, she pissed on the furniture and it just dribbled over. But uh, so in any event, um, it's a tough, it's a tough time because we don't know if we're obsessing over stupid shit, stuff that happens all the time or if we're on the cusp of something. Yeah. It's because of, because we are in a point in human history when technology is accelerating so rapidly in a manner that it's never done before. Right. It's very hard to go. Are we uncovering things that have been here forever? Right. Or are the bad things happening? And even worse, is it a mixture of the two? And that that's the answer I get from. I ask people who know who might know this sort of things like generals and the Pentagon and stuff. Yeah. And they say it's it's both. Yeah, they say it's both. It, it's getting worse. I think one of the things that got a worse Citizens United that basically opened the money floodgates made it horrific. Wasn't it? Wasn't there someone in like some U.S. national security state kind of legend? Not Kissinger, but it was no, no, it was um, Daniel Ellsberg. No, no, no. Uh, Clarence Kelly Johnson, the founder of Lockheed Martin Skunk Works Division, you know, like the black ops division that makes uh-huh. the answer seven more blackboard. And he was always he would always be brought into Langley because he was read in. And even within the classified division, everyone there knew not to ask him because he wouldn't tell you. But he would come back and be like, yeah, no, we do need to create this craft. It's ridiculous, but we need it. 
so he was in like this inner circle of inner circles and uh he would always come and then ben rich his successor wrote in his memoir about clarence kelly johnson he goes yeah clarence would always come back and say you know how messed up the news says the world is and he go they're whitewashing it by about 75 to 90 percent we're always on the brink of total meltdown. <laughs> this would be like if you talk to some guy who's in charge of writing anti-viral software for computers. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's you're going to a defense contract and they're going, you, you ever need released all these your spam filter? You ever released your spam filter? One day I released the entire spam filter because I was having trouble with something and I intentionally released. You wouldn't believe what comes through. You just wouldn't believe the wave of horseshit comes flying it's through. Monstrosity, yeah. Mo- monstrous heaps of random noise. It's it's all of a sudden like you you put a radio telescope up to the universe and you heard all the sounds coming from the universe. It's, yeah. it's wildly complex. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're asking a defense contractor and he's going, Oh, it's really bad. Well, yeah, no shit, it's really bad. It's yeah, it's but I think it's that. But there's something that there's something in me that just says it's not just that i think we're gonna keep on trucking and it's based on nothing other than just a gut feeling that i just look at like the history of man and it's just disease and war and rape and 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 oppression and just totalitarian hell holes yet here you and i are i'm sitting in a leather chair with slippers on I'm not headphones. Yeah. I'm not royalty. (laughs) So how did this get here? So it's like as bad as it all is, I'm also like, I'm you know, the caterpillar is ugly, but it's like a butterfly came from it. Well, the thing you have to also remember, though, is there are times in history, like during mass starvations in Russia, where you'd walk down the street and there'd be cadavers. True. And so so you have to make sure that somehow you're balancing those two. Yeah. If you are a mom or an expectant mom and you're reading about baby formula problems, first of all, you better start breastfeeding day one because you don't know what you're going to be able to put in there. Um, but 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 guys like Jim Rickards, who is both was connected. I don't know if he's connected now. You go, you go disconnected fast. It's like if you used to make robots and now you don't, you're not going to know shit about what's going on at Boston Dynamics. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how connected Jim is, but Jim says, I'm, I'm, I'm not shopping for this or that investment. He says, I'm shopping for stand-up freezers to put food in. So there's, there is this, for example, looming risk of a food shortage. And, and there's people I know who seem smart, who think that it's a foregone conclusion there will be one. The question is where? And what everyone says is if it reaches only a little bit, we'll kill a lot of people in Africa. There are countries in Africa that get 100% of their food out of Ukraine, for example, right? Um, what I'm pretty sure is we don't produce a whole lot more food than we need each year. That just isn't what the free market would do. Yeah. Um, I keep seeing what looks like evidence of intentional shortage absolutely and and i wrote about this last year that i kept seeing energy shortages supply shocks that looked they were just lining up like ducks right and i'm going oh wait a minute so you canceled a pipeline and now this pipeline gets hacked then the suez canal gets clogged up and it just kept going on and on 
And now all of a sudden you've got what? 15 food processing plants in the United States have burned. I think it's 22 in this year. Whatever. It's a big ass number. That's too big. It's too, no devil's advocate. I did have someone reach out to me and say like, Tommy, just so you know, like there are like 35,000 food processing plants in the United States. So statistically speaking, that might be normal. Well, and that's, and uh, this is a perfect microcosm of what we're talking about. Are we just mm-hmm. in this weird sort of like Klaus Schwabian new world order? Everything is a, or in a hundred years, are people looking back at us and going, the food processing plants are falling. Do you have any idea what's coming? Yeah, I know. And I know. It does seem intentional. And that's part of the where you just want to put your head. But in it could scene. also be we're not going to have a food shortage, but the propaganda making us fear one is real. Yeah. And then who's benefiting from that? And who's that, selling and, MREs? Who's, is it Alex Jones? Is this all Alex also, Jones? Also, like Y2K turned out to be a total dud. Yeah. And a lot of people made a and, lot of fucking money off that. Right. And but. But but I prepped. And the reason I prepped was be, I was talking to a friend of mine who was a Goldman Sachs VP, founder of the Goldman Sachs Software Group. Talk about foundational level oh, and guy. And, and he, uh, I was talking to him in late 97. And we're at reunion. And, and I said, what about these, these Y2K software remediation companies? Are they good investments? I was a tech bull. People, people who know me would say, no, Dave was never a bull. He is never a ball. And I go, yes, I was. I'm, I had unbelievable tech portfolios thinking I was smarter than hell when it was just a bubble. It was just a crazy ass bubble. I'm 31 years old and I actually still don't know. And I could have looked it up. Could you tell me real quick, what's the difference between bullish and bearish? Bullish is where you think the world is just going to be sunshine and rainbows and bearish means you think shit's going to hit the fan. Okay. So I'm, the I'm- origin of it, Curiously, to elaborate on your question, if you want to ask that question, sound um, and be right on the money. The question is where those terms come from. Nobody seems to know. So there's all sorts of theories. There might be people who think they know, but I've read too many people say the origins, the etymology of those two terms is unknown. I can think of one just off the top of my head, maybe based on nothing. Bullish is, I think of like a bull, like, you know, running towards stampeding forward. Yeah. yeah, That seems to be an unnecessary expenditure of energy, kind of cockiness, young male alpha testosterone. Or unstoppably moving forward. Or or that, but it kind of seems to be, you know, the first play of a Super Bowl, everybody's a little giddy. Everybody's got a lot of extra shit to burn. Bearish is more eat, get ready for the winter. Well, also maul the shit out of you. If you threaten it. No, if you happen to run into it. Exactly. I have my kingdom. I will survive at all costs. You look like right. you have fat on you. You look good for me. Dead. Right. Bull so, is more so there's fucking, all sorts yeah. of theories where they make sense. And the reason they stick around, the Lindy effect, is because there is kind of an intuitive logic to them. But the actual origins could be something totally different. I think we... Here's one for you. Here's one for you. What, is it bare face, bold face, or bald face lot? I have no idea. I thought it was bold. It turns out they're all accepted now. And I can't remember one of them was the first. Well, but yeah, like, just shit like that. You know, you like just, literal, just, literal means metaphorical now. I know, I know, I know, I know, exactly. Um, so, so we are headed for, I believe, and I've been believing this for a very long time. Um, I, I go on these Twitter spaces sometimes. I was a guest on one of them with a guy named George Noble, who was Peter Lynch's understudy and 
investors from the previous millennium know that Peter Lynch was the legend. He was the god. He was the guy who started Fidelity's Magellan Fund, and, and, and he became legendary. So George had a Twitter space. What I hear are people talking with such a recency bias. So they're always talking about we're in an economic sort of, we're, we're certainly heading for an economic downturn, in my opinion. So certainly in my opinion. Um, but, but we've been on a 40-year run. And the recency bias that that creates, recency bias being, you know, if it's it was like it in the this near the near past, it'll stay like it. Um, a twelve year recency bias running from '09 to 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 twenty two, people think that's the recency bias. The problem is they're anchoring off the idea that after after '07 went down to '09, it came boinking back and did fine. No. The recency bias that we're suffering from is in the last 40 years, it's always blinked back and we've done fine. Mm. If you existed from the 1967 top to the 1981 top, you swore off investing. You swore off equities for the rest of your life. You just, it was just game over. You, the equity guys couldn't sell shit. That's, that's what a bottom looks like. If everyone thinks, oh, the markets could go way down and then I'll buy more, we ain't there yet. If everyone thinks that, okay, if the market's cut in half, they'll still bounce back, we're not there yet. If you were an investor in the Nikkei, which was a nationwide equity market, a juggernaut of an economy, supposedly. So if, to put all your money in the Nikkei would have been logical based on the fact they were reinventing capitalism during the 80s. If you were, if you were, if you own the Nikkei in '89, um, thirty some odd years later, you're still underwater. You haven't made your money back. Oh my! Inflation God. unadjusted. Oh no. Okay. If you were not an old man, so if you were 55, you're now 88 years old, and you're not even above. Your nostrils are not above water yet. If if you were a young punk. And you bought into the 89 bubble and thought, oh, this is the place to be. And you started buying at the top. You dropped 10,000 yen every month all the way through your life. It took you 18 years to break even, buying it on the way down. What modern day investors seem to lack the knowledge of is that there are markets that are not investable. There will always be a winner or two here and there. There will always going to be people play it just right. That's just a random fluctuation. That's a bell curve. And you say, yeah, yeah, here's some data points, three sigma out. Fine. Find them. Be one of those. But but you couldn't invest in the EK market. And, and Noble actually starts saying, well, you short this, you short that. I go, George, it took too long. You couldn't make money shorting. And he starts talking about doing this and that. I said, George, you're talking professional level trading now. People can't do that. And so the Nikkei market, as a, as a metaphor for a, a bigger market, the global market potentially, was uninvestable. The 67 to 81 bull market, bear market equities, uninvestable. There was no stock pickers market. There was no nothing. You just got screwed. You lost 75% of your money over 14 years. Now, you only have about two more periods like that. You only have about 45 years to work with before you got to start buying government bonds and staying out of trouble. 
which means you gave up a third of your investment lifetime, losing 14, losing three quarters of your money, inflation adjusted. If you own the top in 1906 and you watch it drop and then you watch it come back and then you watch it drop, it touched the 1906 high for the last time in 1981. Now here's the killer. According to a guy named Ed McQuarrie, UC Irvine. I don't know how he did this. If you own the South Seas bubble in 1727, that was the bubble where, the, where, where everyone thought they were gonna get rich going to the new world and profiting from the Louisiana purchase or whatever else. They sold this, it was just like a modern day investment trust. They were, they were everyone was just gonna get rich. The South just, Seas bubble was one of the big ones. It was just like NFT bullshit. It's just, That's we're, all right. go, we're all going to the moon. According to Ed McQuarrie, if you try to reconstruct that equity market, and you have to kind of track companies through history, the, the Dutch East India Company and this and that, he said, you broke even in 1974. Oh, my God. So what people don't know is you can go decades getting slaughtered. They don't know this. They think, oh, yeah, I'll take the beating, but then I'll be buying in August. Or, oh, I'll take the beating, but by 2003, I'll be buying. That's delusional to me. And by the way, if you talk to the pros, the big guns, Jeremy Grant, a monstrous, old, white-haired old man who everyone says this is a really smart guy. Uh, David Einhorn, if you want. Um, these guys are saying this is the biggest bubble of all time. We have simultaneously the highest valuations in equities, simultaneously with the highest valuations in bonds. Now in 0809, if you were a boomer, which you were not, you were twinkles on boomer's eye almost. Um, I was 18. I know. You, you might've gotten clobbered in your equity portfolio, which by the way, did this V-bounce, which I'm saying is by no means a certainty, especially with inflation roaring now. Yeah. But your, your bond portfolio saved your bacon because interest rates plummeted, which means the value of your bond portfolio soared. And so your 60-40 retirement, the, the 60 got whacked, the 40 saved your bacon. And it's been saving your bacon ever since, until now. So we could be at the cusp of a 40-year run where equities track bonds, which they do, and the bond market went from a horrific low valuation, meaning high interest rates, to a horrific high valuation, meaning low interest rates, right? Rates got essentially to zero. You get mortgages were less than 3%. I mean, this is, if that cycle is over and the affiliated equity roaring bull is over, then we're, we're in uncharted territory. Now, my exchange with Roach and Summers the other night, Summers was saying very dark things. Roach said, basically, I violently agree with Larry. And he, he, he said this publicly, so I'm not ratting him out. He says, we, we have never been this far out of whack. Let me run to the restroom real quick. And no then problem. I have a question for you. And uh, hey, w- welcome to Dave Cast, everybody. Hold it down.
So what is the answer then? Are we heading towards a well collapse of all collapses? This leads to a bunch of theories about what the hell's happening. Or again, it's, is this just, are we more aware of things now with more technology, more models, and has this always No, been? no, no. These, these valuations are real. Oh, God. So at one point, some prominent guy said to me, well, how do you know historical valuations are a good benchmark now? And I said, well, okay, that's fine, but that therefore the historical returns are a bad benchmark too. Yeah. So if you pay, if you pay, if you buy an equity for a fifth with a PE of 50, means you're paying for a 2% return. Now, there's all sorts of other parameters that go into that, but if you pay for that exact same investment half as much, your return is going to be twice as much. So if you overpay for an asset, you're going to underperform. It just works that way, right? If you buy a house for twice what it's worth, you can't win that one. Yeah. Not if not in the long term, you can't win that one. And uh, there's got people say, oh yeah, you can. Well, you're full of shit. Um, and so, so overpaying never works. The best time to buy any asset class is when it's poised to do well and everyone hates it. A, a great example of that, by the way. The best investment I ever made, not the most profitable, the one in which my analysis was spot on, most accurate, most well-founded, absolutely on the money. Tobacco companies were about to be sued for $142 billion. They were hated, right? They were despicable. They were priced ridiculously low. They had a 12.5% dividend, 9 to 12.5% dividend, depending on which one you looked at. The, 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 the actual valuation was absolutely in the basement. But this $142 billion lawsuit was looming over it. So I'm looking at these going, these things print money by selling to addicts. Someone explain to me why this is not a good business model. And then I, I'm trying to figure out, and I go, okay, so that they can't go out of business because the states won't get paid. If, if they win the lawsuit and get put out of business, they'll declare bankruptcy and the states won't get paid. So they can't put them out of business, but they could hobble them for, for decades maybe, right? And then one day I, I'm trying to figure out what am I missing? And then when I read an article and some guy had done the math, he said, if, if they lose the lawsuit, they have to raise cigarettes, 75 cents a pack and pay it off over 20 years. I go, it's just a tax. Yeah. Just a tax. That's all it is. Yeah. So I bought a bunch and put, put my kids through college. And, and that was not just the best investment. I made more money off WorldCom and Dell than that, but it was the best analysis where I had it airtight. Now, the problem is the best investments you'll ever get, the best opportunities you'll ever get are so fucking scary. Because if they're obvious, everyone else is doing it. Yeah. Now, I have a problem right now because I'm looking at some investments that look too good to be true. And I'm sitting there going, okay, there's $1,000 laying on the ground. Yeah. Well How could it possibly be there? There's something wrong. Am I going to reach down and have some brick fall on my head? Someone's yeah. going to mug me, right? I, there's yeah. a trap here, right? It's a, it's a trap, Mickey. The cheese is not free, right? One of those. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I'll tell your your viewers in case they give a shit about checking how insane I am. The three largest platinum miners are um, Sabanye, um, Impala, 
in Anglo-American platinum. They, platinum hasn't moved worth a shit for 20 years. So it's not like platinum's on a run. And these companies are priced worse than those tobacco companies. They have cash on the balance sheet. They're not in debt. And they pay huge dividends. And their valuations are such that they will earn in four or five years the entire value of the company. Just in case, I don't want to give you numerical metrics. For those who care, PE is a five. I've got a beat on a gold coming with a PE of three. But I'm going, it's the, it's the money laying on the sidewalk. Someone is going to jump out of a car and mug me if I reach down and grab that. Right? There's something, and I've been talking with, I asked a friend at Royal Bank of Canada, could you get me anything you can on the platinum companies? And he sends me shit that's five years old. I go, that's all you got? So, so what it tells you is no one could give a shit. I was buying gold back in 99 at 270 to 290 an ounce. It's now 18 something, right? Mm-hmm. Got up to 2000, right? And people say, oh, it was so easy then because it was so cheap. I go, it was cheap because there were four of us who wanted to buy it. No one else in the world wanted to buy it. No one else in the world. Wanted. We were buying it because no one else, everyone was willing to sell it to us for a stupid price. And, and it's not easy to buy cheap. It's very hard to buy chip. It's easy to buy pricey. Well, guess what? We're there now. We have bought NFTs and Bitcoin. I'm not trying to pick on the hodlers, but it's not a good sign for markets when you're selling shit like Bitcoin. Uh, what you, the other day, uh, Terra Luna just went belly up. It's like what well, it's like what Tim Dillon said. He was like, "You think?" I think Rogan asked him, he's like, are we in a bubble? He goes, I don't know. People are buying images of apes for $80 million. You tell me, are we in a bubble? That's a, Dylan's a smart guy. I love Dylan is a very smart guy. Um, and, and, and SPACs. And there's all these things and, and, and short squeezes on companies that were bankrupt. A friend of mine had a short position. I think it was in Hertz. Hertz, if they liquidated their entire company, couldn't possibly pay off all their debt. They were totally screwed. And then what happened is this, these, these retail short squeezers came along last year, drove up the price, what, tenfold or something. And all of a sudden, then they issued new shares and covered their asses and the short squeezers got crushed, right? The shorts got crushed. You just, it's just so erratic out there. We, we are not, we're, we are not in a, in a safe investing environment at all. And it, I think the house of cards falls because we've got, Forget 8% inflation. We have double-digit inflation. You know when you go to the grocery store that your groceries are not up 10%. I your know, groceries are up 50%. I buy the same chicken and the same broccoli every single week because I'm a psychopath, and that's how I you lose, know. That's how I lose weight. But I know for a fact that all throughout 2021, the little thing of frozen broccoli was a buck ninety-four and the chicken was six ninety-six. And now this now the chicken's ten ninety-four. And now the right. little broccoli thing's three ninety-four. That's right. Not, and a gallon yeah. of milk at, at, at BJ's is not 209. It's something like 299. Now. Yeah. I could buy, a, I could buy a thing of, uh, I could buy a thing of some beer last year for, I don't know, it was like $16. Now it's 24 for the same thing at the same store. Right. So, you know, you can't name, I defy someone to name something that's not gone up more than 8%. 
there are answers. What, what do you I think the real inflation my, rate is? Just as a, as a really quick aside, what do you to, think? It is? depends. On, it's different for different people. So if you have some, if you live in a nursing home, your inflation is whatever they're charging you more each year, right? That sort of thing. So uh, if you were to say, uh, pick a basket of 500 goods, um, I wonder what, uh, I'm going to answer this question for you really quickly here because okay. it's easy to do so. Um, I've seen this index question, and I've seen uh, there's a guy named John um, uh, John Williams at ShadowStats.com, and he says inflation is running at X. And there's a guy named uh, Butowski; he's got inflation running at 12. If you actually go back 20 years and say name something that's gone up 10% a year, it's hard to find. So the idea that inflation has been running steadily 10%, that's the claim made by inflation bearers. Uh, I, that, that's not correct. I, someone made that case. I go, you know, they're right. That cars, cars are not break even, but they have not gone up 10 or 12% a year either. So somewhere between zero and 10 or 12%. Butowski has the inflation rate in New York running at 12%. Now, 4% inflation destroys the value, cuts the value of a dollar and a half in about 12 years, 13 years, something like that. So, so and unless your paycheck's going up 12%, yeah. you're not keeping up. Mine went up three and a half percent, which means therefore I got a pay deduction of, uh, what's that, around, uh, around eight, 9%. Mm. So I got a pay deduction, 9%. Now, here's the question I'm absolutely laboring over you got some guy who's got his wife and kids who's listening to your podcast and who's just putting food on the table they're bringing home they're bringing home their lunch pail you know it's like like jackie gleason and and they're putting food on the table and they're paying the heating bill and and but that's it right if they're lucky they're not cranking on their credit card hard yeah how are they making up the gap I don't know. I think big picture is is you're going to turn to government dependency, which kind of seems like what the government wants. It does. But right now that dependency doesn't exist yet. Yeah. So right now the question is, how are they paying their bills? They're holding out until the red alarm goes off. And then they can't hold out on food. You can't hold out on your taxes. You can't hold out on your car payments. Well, they're probably still, I would imagine, you're still in the process of, of, of pulling away things that you thought were non-negotiable and you're realizing that, they are. You know, it, it that turns can go on out, for a little bit. I think we're, they're probably in a process. I was involved in a budget cutting process at Cornell in 0809 when we had to cut budget because we had a liquidity problem. Universities don't have liquidity that people think. They think there's an endowment and you just have $6 billion. You just scoop into it and, and take money out. and It's nothing like that. I sat in my office with the vice provost of Harvard. And in a moment of unbelievable honesty, in the middle of the thing, he says, I don't know how we're going to make payroll. Harvard. Jesus. And so th- this, what happens is, is that you get to, we'll get told, okay, you have to cut 4% from your budget this year. You go, oh, that's not that hard. You go, well, yeah, but faculty salaries are kind of carved in stone a little bit here. And, and you have to have this many 
teaching assistant and you have to have this. And so all of a sudden you realize that 4% has to come out of about a quarter of the budget, which means you're cutting out 16%. Yeah. Right. And all of a sudden you go, holy shit, we're firing people that we didn't think were dispensable. We're cutting things out that we didn't think were dispensable. So when you have, when you get a, a, a percentage cut, so my taxes are going to go up eight, 8.9%. I happen to drink coffee every morning on Saturdays with the town supervisor. And, and he, um, I, I, I don't get to not pay that. I don't get to cut back on that. I, I, and, and my taxes are actually in New York are a pretty big part of my, my bill, right? It's a, New York's a bitch. And, uh, <clears throat> and it's not tax deductible for me anymore. I can deduct up to 10K, but I, I happen to be longer than that in real estate. Um, and so I, I just don't know how the person who's, who's been walking along the precipice their whole existence, driving a truck, Working, working at the store, you know, doing doing some job that that you have and, to do and, till the day you die, right? And and hoping the Social Security will be there, hoping that you know some of them don't have it, hoping that somehow they'll be able to keep working without getting sick or something. Um, one of my redneck buddies, Saturday morning redneck buddies, wants to expand his dental practice. He's seventy-one. I said, "Are are you sure there's a good time to be doing this?" Seems to me you ought to be trying to figure out how to just put one step in front of the next so that the shit hits the fan. You go, yeah, but I still have my momentum. I st I'm still okay. You build a whole new dental practice. You got a lot of bills to pay that you're counting on revenue stream. That may, people are not going to get their teeth done if they don't have to. Yeah. Right. There'll be some emergencies. Yes. So I, I don't know how it's working. I don't understand so when, when nothing adds up, you have right. to start looking at, well, then why is it happening? I, I think it's a controlled demolition. And mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just the United States or if it's the Western uh, paradigm or if it's the modern paradigm and it's to replace it with a, a world government. And I know that's tinfoil. If it doesn't make sense, you have to, they're not stupid. As we discussed earlier, they're not stupid. Why right. is this happening and how is it happening? And if none of if nothing makes sense, then you're missing a variable. Or or your model's wrong, you have to throw it out and start over. And I think the model we're looking at is we're all trying our hardest to get out of this. So there's a Marx there was a Marxist economist who wrote a paper last year that I read and wrote about. Um, his theory on COVID was that there was, I have to recreate it now, and it's not going to come back easy, but that we, we were heading for a crisis. Back in the fall of 19, we were heading for a crisis. There, there's actually a white paper written by BlackRock saying to the Fed, we're humped. We got, we're going to have to do X, Y, and Z. There's not negotiating. And then a month later, they started doing it, right? So BlackRock tells the Fed what to do. Um, and this guy's thesis was that COVID was needed to put the global economy into an induced coma to slow down certain processes while providing cover to bail out aspects of the system. What did they bail out? Corporate debt. So if, if they saw that the, there was about to be a complete implosion because of corporate debt, they said, okay, let's just shut everything down. Let's put the patient in a coma. 
Let's get, you know, the figured vitals under control, figured out. And, and, and so it was an interesting hypothesis. I mean, the guy was a Marxist, so I don't know why I should listen to him, but I did. So and it's it, not a bad hypothesis. It's not a crazy hypothesis. And I think I, I have this theory that the Davos crowd, I might have talked about this last time, but but if your brain's remotely a Swiss cheese does mine, you won't it remember. It is. Um, that the Davos crowd has a better view than we do, shock of shocks. And and that maybe they know that we have a resource depletion problem of a higher order. Maybe they know that we just can't keep fracking. You know, you say, oh, there's plenty of oil. I go, well, then explain to me why we're drilling two miles deep in the Gulf of Mexico. Because we used to drill 50 feet deep in Texas. And now we're drilling two miles deep in the Gulf of Mexico. We're fracking shit. We're doing and the fracking kind of over. Why are we going to the Arctic? Why are we going to the North Sea? Where? Why don't we just pump the easy shit if it's so easy to get? The answer is it's not. Yeah. And so what if they know that we are not going to have enough phosphates for fertilizer? We're not going to have enough energy. We're not going to have enough of the other shit. What are some of the things they would do? First, they're not going to tell us. Of course. There's going to be a going to be noble lie moment. They're going to lie to us because panicking the fuck out of us isn't going to do any good. So if you wanted to cut resource depletion back, if you wanted people to cut back on their expectations and their consumption, what would you do? You'd boil the frog through inflation. Or, well, that doesn't help your resources, though. That's a money thing. You got to find reason. Yeah, you're right. Right. Uh, One day on Twitter, I said it'd be great if the Fed could just could just print up some wheat. That's a good point. (laughs) Right. What do you do? You got to lower expectations. So you got to get people to ponder life not being as good as it used to be. So we're talking it's kind of kind of great reset, isn't it? Right. Mm. You also might say, oh, we got to save the world, but we can't do it by just not consuming. Oh, climate change let's tell them that this is for mother earth and that they have to eat more grains and less meat and stuff because of mother earth and so let's save the world let's that's that's you know buy war bonds you know we used to sell war bonds why we didn't need the goddamn war bonds we didn't need to sell them we could go into debt we had people buy war bonds who engaged them in the cause that's all they did yeah, Mother That's Earth. It. Recycling Mother- tinfoil and shit like that, right? Mother Earth is, yeah, it's the World War One. It would save your peach cores because they could be used That's in gas masks. Right. Yeah. right, right. So you engage the populace into being on the team. You get your, your people in the stands who are cheeseheads and 20 below zero to fill those stands, right? Mm. And, uh, and so, so it's conceivable that the Davos crowd sees something that they don't know how to fix. And they're just, maybe they're doing their best. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is all she wrote. Now, I have another theory that would make total sense. And there's some shards of evidence of it. And that is, what if you know the next move is nukes, nuclear energy? What if you're, you're in doubt, but you got, I look, we get all the energy we want. Yeah, from some uranium, we can. Yeah, some plutonium, millennia. some who knows what. I've talked to heads of nuclear guys who run nuclear mines yeah. who say this this could be done. This could be done. Well, yeah, but, I, I had on Richard Rhodes last week, and he was talking about yeah, he's like, we have enough nuclear power. We could run. We could run this. Bitch what do you do with 
what do you do with douchebags like me if you have Richard Rose on your podcast? Okay. So the gist is you could try to win the hearts and minds of the world over one, one at a time. Or you could create a massive energy crisis and get us to beg. And then you go, I've got, I've got some, I've got some by the way, energy. I've got some by the way, we, we gave you your masks. We gave you your vaccines. We could give you nukes if you really beg. Yeah. That would make sense. That's how I'd do it. That's exactly how you do it. Make them beg. You'd shut down everything and then go. Which means, yeah. therefore, freeze the fuck out of us for a winter or two. Yeah, those who suffer remember. Right. Or, and, and they'll just beg. They'll just say, uh, I now understand why nukes are better than not, no energy. Yeah, you'll very quickly realize, you'll very quickly have the liberal elite yelling at their kids going, you have a luxury to protest nuclear. Do you want fucking hot dinner or not? And they'll yeah. get the goddamn lefties to turn it into some cause. Uh, so that's exactly what and it's kind of there is some hilarity because now you have to move them full 180 from like, OK, so we used to be protesting against this. But well, how hard was it to get them to to, to send bombers into foreign lands? Yeah, it's true. They do kind of have it at like a remote switch. All you got to do is put a moral spin on it. All you got to do is have AOC thing. shoot one tweet and it's done. That's right. Just, just, just put you, a, make you, it a moral question and they will be off to the races. You bring Trump back on Twitter and you say, hey, could you send out a couple tweets about how nuclear energy uh, harms white people? Oh, my God. Good. Oh, yeah. If, if we fight. That's exactly right. By yeah. the way, I'm, I'm in the middle of <clears throat> Douglas Murray's book, The War Against War oh. Against the West. It's really pretty good. I started a video, uh, like a video gaming channel back in January, just as like a shit thing I do on the side. And it's yeah. just me and my friends. There's no value to it. Um, okay. But I just remember thinking, and I might realize the brilliance in the name, but I just remember thinking, I was like, well, it's, it's like the most like a uh, toxic term I could think of, you know, cause I'm like a white, blue eyed, Irish Catholic. And I was like, and I came up with the term, the Petro patriarchy. <laughs> because I like as a comical and you've the, problematized it. You've and, problematized and the logo is John Bolton as Colonel Sanders for really no reason. But a man, if you could frame it as the petro patriarchy, you'll have the you'll have nuclear energy tomorrow. I know, I know, I know. I by the way have a a, a fraternity brother who was also CEO of a major broker, 250 billion under management. That's how big a CEO he is. He's done now. He does he does one of these family offices things, which is a hedge fund in disguise. And uh, and he said he he knows John Bolton. He says he's a great guy. I'm sure he is. I I'm sure he a, is. I just think it's a funny logo. There's no no, but but I also think John Bolton's an evil fuck for getting us into wars and shit. Too, oh yeah, so. of course. Yeah, well, I yeah. could be wrong, right? What if it's one of those things where if they took me inside the Pentagon and say, Dave, let me show you the board. You go, oh, and you go, oh, God, you go, you all hail patron. Bolton. Yeah. Newcomb. Yeah, that's exactly. You can't handle the truth. That's not the truth. I was I was on I was on acid in 2016. I remember having the thought like, man, if you got pulled aside, you might come out of there going. Thank God for Hillary Clinton and Henry Kissinger. (laughs) Like, what if it is that bad? You go, oh, that's right. Oh, Lord. But. Or, or if you know there's a resource scarcity coming, you might start kicking up some dirt in Ukraine and go, we could just write this whole bitch off as World War III. Right. Wipe out so, a ton of people, but, do a bunch of bailouts, new technologies, propaganda. So what if, what if Putin's in on it? What if it they're all be. in on it? He might be. 
right? It's not so. So uh, Mearsheimer again. I'm binging so much Mearsheimer because he's one of the only guys speaking up. Um, he said that states, sovereign states, capital S states, rarely lie to each other. He said they'll lie to their own populations yeah. like crazy. But when Xi Jinping and Trump sit down or Putin and these guys, good. they, they tend to, a, they go into they, a skiff. They, they lay it on the table. Yeah. And so, for example, one of the examples he likes to give is when, uh, when we pulled the Jupiter missiles out of, uh, what Turkey. it, Turkey? And, and he says, you know, he says, so, so we'll Kennedy say says, we'll say base. Yeah, Kennedy says to, to Khrushchev, he says, look, we'll pull the Jupiter missiles out of Turkey if you you can't tell anybody. Yeah. And 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 if you do, I'll deny it. And and but we still will. So I'll I'll lie and but we still will pull them out. And and they accept that, it turns yeah. out. They yeah. accept that. And so so now I do not like the noble lie. No. I, I, but, but you can imagine why, let's say you said, we're going to drop a bunch of guys in Omaha beach and, you know, and, and we're going to lose uh, 30,000 of your children on, in one day. We're going to, I don't know how many of the number was, it was a big number. Um, people might have a little bit of trouble with that one. So you don't, oh, here's a stat for you. Here's something someone pointed out. It was really great. You know, those videos we're seeing of the, uh, the, the carnage, the bodies lining the street in, in Ukraine. How many civilians did you say, see lying around the street during the Iraq war? Did you see any pictures of any eviscerated civilians? The only pictures civilians? you saw were leaked by Bradley Manning before he went to the <laughs> Exactly. There, there, there were, there were, there was no awful footage. We just heard about bombs going off. We never saw the dead bodies, except the Syrian, the fake Syrian gas attacks. We saw bodies, right? We, we saw, saw those. those, and then the ISIS ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The beheadings and things like that. But we don't, we don't see the dead bodies from from our guys doing it. And there were lots. Oh my God, there were lots. Right, children, all sorts. I am a Reagan Republican. This is not some, you know, McGovern voter, right? This is this is, but it, it's just become clear to me that either I really can't see the world correctly at all, as we just discussed, or or we're bullies. When the Berlin Wall came down, I the fir first thing I said was, "Wow, my generation, you did not believe that was ever coming down." You didn't believe the Soviet Union was ever going to collapse. It just it had just been there for our whole lives. And then the second thought I had was, who's going to contain us? We had equal and opposite forces pushing against each other. It was a perfect stalemate. That's that's and all, what, that's what all of a sudden one's gone. That's one's what gone. I think what's going on right now. Right. We're funding Ukraine because we're well, we're just Russian adversary. Russia is going to uh, they're kicked off the SWIFT banking system. Their sanctions. The only person that's they're going to run into the arms of Mother China. Mother China is going to bring them in for an exchange of goods and everything. They're going to start being built up as the new the the Far East power. NATO is bolstering itself and tightening up in ways that Trump only wishes he could have got done. And they're going to come to Mother America because we're provide all the arms and just like that. We got an east and west struggle. The, the 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 leaders in the in the dark underground bunker might go, hey, bipolar world is 
it's the best for technological advancement. It's the best for stability. They might be going, we got to have the Cold War. The biggest mistake was knocking down the Berlin Wall. <laughs> like, well, could you could you imagine over the last six years, five years? So Trump's, it, it was absolutely clear that Putin would rather have Trump as president. That's a no-brainer. Because one says, you know, I'd like to knock the guy out of there. And the other says, I can work with him, right? It's just that simple. Yeah. Um, I, one of the reasons I voted for Trump, and it, it wasn't easy. Because he did seem like a loon oh, yeah. and his policies are way better than his personality. But but one of the reasons I did is because he he said we have to get along with the Russians. I said, that's absolutely true. And so. Um, so could we have done a worse job at trying to in any way appease the Russians and keep them from going to China than we've done I, every single every political move we've made? is to push the Russians straight in the arms of China. And could have Russia have done any better job at making NATO start spending more on their own and buying right. weapons from America? And and so, <laughs> so then the question is why? What what are, what are we so, missing? So this plot the, line. So you got to keep... And so th- this is my, kind of my theory. This is so you zoom out even more and more and more. Mm-hmm. What is it? You have the, 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 the guys in the cigar, the Illuminati... They might be looking at all of humanity as this engine, this machine. They might look at, they might look at a cold war. Like we look at gambling, like if you fuck it up, dude, you fuck it up. But if, if, but if it, but if you hit 21, you're rich. They might look at the cold war and go technology advanced so fast. That engine was so strong if you slip up, it's global thermonuclear Armageddon and the, and the, the monopoly board gets flipped, but they might right. be going, dude, that machine is so strong when it's a cold right. war. They might be looking at that zooming out go. That's the only way we're going to develop technology. That's the only way people are going to willingly ration food, ration for the war effort. We got to go to the moon. If everything's kind of good, you go, why are we spending our money going to the moon versus we got to beat the fucking Ruskies. Why do we right. got to go to Mars? Because Elon Musk wants to? No, because China's going to get there first. So That's let's let's dial go. let's dial back in again and say, what is the role of Nina Jankowitz? Let's go back to that bitch. What uh, is her role? What is that about? I think it's just a distraction. It's gaslighting. So it's just purely gaslighting. I, I think purely. it is. I think it is because everything's because so it's fucked so absurd. at home. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's absurd. You couldn't have picked a more joking figure than a woman who's like singing about misinformation. Yeah, it, I know. It, I know. It'd be like, and it, more it, repulsive and more repulsive. I don't know, really. I mean, if you're going to it, this is how, you know, it's distraction, because if it was meant to be a real lethal government arm, it'd be the sexiest woman of it'd be focus grouped to be the perfect combination of the sexiest. It'd make Fox News anchors and look she like she would have been vetted. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. They would have buttoned it up. They would have been a supermodel. This is how you know it's. And it's also because look at the first thing she goes after. What was the first? Hope Hill. But but think about like the first thing she goes out to say. She goes, all right. So there's a lot of misinformation about there being a deep state. No, there's not. Okay. And the next thing is, is another big, uh, I think one of her more recent videos is uh, Kamala Harris did not sleep her way to the top. If you were really, did she do that one really? Yes. Oh, I missed that one. It's gaslighting. Kamala's recent Dr. Seuss imitation. Hold on, I I I did. Yeah, the working together, together. Yeah, Yeah, but I was gonna say, 
if you were the real disinformation governance board, you'd do the things that they have been silencing. And uh, COVID alternative. No, 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 no. You'd call you'd call it a like the, the Patriot information, you know, whatever. You wouldn't even have the word information in you there. Wouldn't, yeah, it would be the most obtuse term. It'd be it'd be it'd be the Liberty Liberty Defense Association or something. Yeah. You'd go after the things that they actually have been silencing, COVID alternative treatment and election integrity. If this is like if Trump made it and instead of going after uh, kids in cages, you, the first video he put out was uh, Donald Trump's tan is real. It, it's not. I think it's a distraction. Right. Get, get them all riled up instead of asking about why inflation is running away or why right. we're sending 40 billion dollars to Ukraine. Or do we but, have. But bio-lab? here's the problem I have with this model. If, if let's say it was a democratic distraction, this is making it more local, admittedly. Or it's not a distraction. It really is just retarded all the way to the top. But the Democrats are just making themselves look scarier by the day. Yeah. With that kind of crap. It's just too crazy. So, the, so why it's a, is it so, being introduced? Well, the question is maybe the Democrats, maybe the, the Davos crowd is saying, OK, here's we know where the election's going to go. Part of it because they count the votes, but part of it's because they just know what the mood of the country is. It's going to swing right. So uh, let's uh, so, let's so bring let's, in a strong fascist fist. Well, let's let's give them something to chew on. Right. I, I just don't know. I, I, it is. It, that is a good point. It's kind of like what Alex Jones said. Give about, them a morning in America moment. Give them the like, big win. It's like what Alex Jones said about Donald Trump. He goes, isn't it? How else would you get liberals to rail against free speech? Right. So be, that's and, an excellent point. How you're right. It does kind of seem you can't get baby formula. Like this is comic book villain shit. I know. I know. Yeah, I know. that is a very good point. Why are we getting so revved? And by up? the way, the whole baby formula, tainted baby formula, was total bullshit too. That that that, that story wasn't even real. The, you know, the factory that shut down did the full recall. Really, they found two two bacterial infections in two babies. They were biologically unrelated to each other, and they were biologically unrelated to anything they could find in any of the batches. Meanwhile, we still have a shortage. We're shipping baby formula to Ukraine. And you say, well, okay, but Ukraine, you know, whatever, you know, but, but, but that's being shipped, right? I mean, I, there's just this whole sense that it's just farcical. It's, a, it's like a plot. You know what I watched part of last night, which I, I got to finish it. Um, don't look up the movie. I haven't seen it. Oh, you, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. Okay. I'll tell you what's great about it. it. It satirizes everything. And what's really fascinating about it is that it comes out of Hollywood. And in some sense, it's nonpartisan. So you're watching Meryl Streep as president. And you're going, oh, my God, she's awful. But you're not quite sure which party awful she is. Now, there's one guy in there who's kind of an Elon Musk character. And you go, that's Elon Musk. But there's this just this batshit crazy stuff where there's the occasional sane person who appears in the plot and then just insanity. But it feels like the way the country is right now. It feels like whoever put that screenplay together captured the spirit of the insanity. And they didn't taint it by making it too 
Hollywood preachy at all. Okay. It was preachy against politics, not against right or left. I really can't tell you that there was a right or left slam. And I watched part of it last night, and I think it put me in a depression because I'm going, oh, my God. But there's this, and there's such, and, and Jonah Hill's in there. And I read an article said that he ad-libbed his lines. He's funnier than hell. They say he ad-libbed all his lines. He would just throw shit into the scene. And, uh, but there's this one scene where this, where this general comes and hands out some goodies and says these, they, they charge an arm and a leg for these and people give the general bucks for it. And then about two minutes later, uh, Jennifer Lawrence goes into the, into the food room and says to a woman sitting there, where do I pay? And she said, this is free. We're in the white house. And Jennifer Lawrence comes back. He says, that fucking general just charged us. <laughs> right? It's just, it just, it's just satirical as hell. It's just so goddamn funny. So you should, you should watch it. It is, okay. it is one of the great flicks made okay. recently. Most of them are awful. Okay. This one I'm watching a second time to see, to pick up stuff that I missed the first time. And it is the situation we're in. It's the absurdity of the beltway and the absurdity of our inability to respond to things. And, and, and plot spoiler, we all die in the end. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to still like. If things seem so absurd, again, I think it's because we're missing a, an, a part of it. I know, I know. I mean, it might be. I don't know what it. I, th- I think, and and I can't quite say why. I think it's going to have something to do with space force. I don't know what it just. It's the newest front. I think space force is about China. Yeah. Maybe we got to escalate this back to what I said earlier. Oh, good book. Um, I've been, I've been, I set out to understand China. There's a funny concept. Trying to understand China. There's a good one. Um, but I read uh, a hundred year marathon by Michael Pillsbury. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Former what, deputy secretary of defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, or I whatever. Read that former CIA. Yeah, yeah. And it was good. Now never ask the way to the king's cauldron. Exactly. Exactly. And and uh, another good one, by the way, is is Brett Weinstein's book. I'm, I'm I'm giving that one a plug. I thought it had many deep philosophical meanings to it. But 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 I'm sitting there before reading, and of course you have to say when's he lying because he was deeply embedded. Well, he's a dead. He's so, in- so it's like referring to someone as ex KGB, and I go, is there ever an ex KGB? <laughs> yeah, ex CIA. When no, did he quit? Yeah. Tell, tell me when they quit. Um, but but. But it's informative, and he talks about the all right, the two tenets, as you know, um, of of Chinese philosophy. And he goes much deeper in this. But one is one is never take on your opponent head on if they're strong, and basically get 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 your opponent to destroy itself. We're doing a fine job. And the other one is um, the other one is um, deception, nothing but deception. Now I think we're probably pretty good at that, but I think they're better. I think we're a little gullible. I think we're, we tend to trust. I think we tend to trust, even if we think we don't. Uh, I think they play us like there's no tomorrow. I have a theory what's going to happen in the financial system, by the way. If I were Xi Jinping and I wanted to blow the hell out of us, I would go for our greatest weakness. What's our greatest weakness? Well, for starters, Wall Street will give leverage to any idiot 
you have unbelievable leverage. And you can, as soon as you start making money off it, they'll give you more. So Korean broker, but was buying Chinese crap companies with the money, Bill Huang blew the hell up. Now, Goldman blew him up, I think, and left Nomura and Credit Suisse with the tab, tens of billions. But I started thinking about it, I go, if you could get China-friendly or Eastern-friendly money managers to set themselves up to detonate, those are suitcase nukes in our financial system. So if you start seeing shit blowing up, Tether, Bitcoin, I, I don't know, um, uh, uh, leverage hedge fund, you name it. If you, Kathy Wood for all I know, right? If you see things starting to blow up, the question would be, would one of our opposing powers embed these explodable devices in our system? And I'm going, of, of course. Yeah. And people say, well, it would hurt them too. And I go, oh, show me where it says credibly that China cares about hurting itself. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. What the lockdown of 300 million people. And then you find out four people had died. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure China locked down 300 million people because four people died. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They don't. That's an that's an error bar in a bad street corner in Beijing. And uh, in a day. And so then the question was, like, well, it, by the way, can't give you your chips now, can't give you your parts, can't give you anything, you're fucked, have a nice day, right? Um, I think Pillsbury's book is helpful to think about that. Now, I'm thinking, okay, so is, is, is Beijing going to go after Taiwan before or after the election? Do they wait when, in fact, we, they might get a stronger president? And then I'm going, Dave, you are all wrong. Beijing might wait for 30 years. Oh yeah. No, I remember we'll, Mao's hundred we'll year plan. They'll move in in 2050. Right. They, they don't care when. That's what was Mao set up that hundred year plan. When was the last time a US politician set up a hundred year plan? I would say 1776. Yeah. Right. And so the question would be if there's some general watching this this slow motion destroying of America. Send us emails. Send us emails. Well, no, <laughs> well, no, no, well, they, I'm thinking they might go full like general Ripper and like, uh, in, uh, Dr. Strangelove, they might right. be going, they don't have the balls to save America. So who knows? Maybe they do a false flag and say it was China. Maybe that's what COVID was. Is they're like the, the DC elite are complicit. We have to garner American we, hatred. We have no idea how that virus got out of that lab. Yeah, it's by the way, the other interesting thing is the Omicron variant is genetically so unrelated to the others. I saw one theory on that, and it's that it had been around for a while in some pocket. We just didn't discover it. And so our well, it, it's got so out. many base pair differences yeah. from the original. That yeah, I think it's I think there's that no was a, phylogeny to it. I there's think no, that was a separate lab leak. Yeah. Or release. Yeah. Yeah. So then the yeah, question yeah, release, is, release, yeah. who released it? You don't know. It's like the Screepaw poisoning. Who poison? Who tried to poison? But, who tried to poison the Screepaws? Right? You know, it might be that Omicron was like a a good guy release because it seems to have just kind of acted as that's a right. vaccine to a lot of people. That's right. In fact, that theory's been banging around quite a while. Oh, really? it's a, so. it's a good, yeah, it's a good way to neutralize it. Yeah, let's release one that that's that's virulent, but not deadly. Let's let's end this thing now.
or let's just release a new one that's not that doesn't kill people and just declare it over. Yeah, because the whole thing is a charade anyway. It's a charade anyway. Right. And and now let's cover up the fact that we light our asses off and a lot of people yeah. apparently died. There are, there are theories out there that people died unnecessarily. There are theories out there that, that no one died in any serious quantity. Yeah, I'm sure they, there are some who died. I, I, I would be shocked if they could pull off that scam. If they could pull but that I don't off, know then anyone. the whole thing is fucked. <laughs> well, I don't know anyone who died. Yeah. I know more people who were injured by the vaccine than who died. Yeah. And and at one point, Canada's average age was two years older than the average age of death in Canada in general, right? I mean, stupid things like that. So, closing thoughts. We got to wrap this one up in next, like, three, three minutes. Um, I was just thinking, how could Elon? I was saying this in the podcast I did earlier. If if Elon really wanted to throw a wrench into the system, he would set it up for every Twitter user to be verified, and they'd do it through blockchain, and then like the day before the election in 2024 i think he'd say after like two years of smoothing out this system of just everyone knows that it's everybody's verified what if he did a blockchain exit poll and so you you'd see on twitter so so that you could tell the guy that the so-and-so did not win even though the vote and if it was off it. by like a couple of percent you could say oh there's just a flaw in his system but if it I says like you have e- but, but what if it came on and said, like, you know, if it was 2020 and it goes Biden only got 20 million votes and Trump got 160 or something retarded. Elon is fearless about doing anything he wants. I think he's a protected person. Yeah. Controlled off. I, 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 and I think he has fun playing his games. Yeah. And he gets to make money and the Defense Department and the, the Pentagon and the CIA yeah. and all these guys. They all pay him for they, they, they need him. He plays an important role. And somehow yeah. um, it, it's not a coincidence that he never gets charged with any of the things that he could be charged for, not even challenged by the court system, nothing ever know how. So I think Elon, I think Elon is about as innocent as Bill Gates. He's just much more. Better PR. Ador- adorable. Yeah, Bill Gates is a terrible self-promoter because he, he 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 not only looks like he's lying, but he has this tendency to burst out the truth when he shouldn't. <laughs> so now, now what if Elon let's play let's say what if he what was going like long con, like hundred year marathon? What if he kept being the protected guy and waited for the perfect moment to ask the way to the to take Aldrin? Over. And yeah. he does a blockchain exit poll just to, that would be great and just be. throws it into chaos and everyone goes hold on biden got 22 million votes and trump got 110 yeah no one saw a biden poster in anyone's yard and, and, and elon um, just understands that he'll be whacked but he just throws it into chaos you mean like um like mcafee yeah um uh, you know, all these things seem possible. Elon's clearly a genius yeah. and he's clearly just a fabulous grifter. And I say that with yeah. endearing. Oh, yeah. No. Endearing terms. Brilliant. Right? He, he is brilliant grifter. Yeah. And and he's he is a very sort of globally farsighted guy, but he, he also plays the system like I, it just I wouldn't have believed possible. Yeah. And I, I part of it, what it shows is that the system is no longer self healing self-correcting right there, there is no sec that's going to come after anyone who's worth anything by the way if you read uh, stephanie mclean's book 
Stephanie, Stephanie McLean, New York Times writer, McLean's book on, on, um, on the 0809 crisis. Someone, it's not McLean. It's McLean. It's not Stephanie. In any event, she wrote about the crisis. She talks about the legal side of it. Or was it, oh, fuck, who was it? Goddamn, one of them wrote about the legal side. And all the prosecutors just gave up trying to prosecute the crooks. They just couldn't, they couldn't make them stick. They just couldn't get any of the criminal activity to stick. And so now we've got a system where there's just no chance that anyone will be convicted of anything who's in a position of power who is also not taken out by an opponent. Looked like Cuomo. All of a sudden, Cuomo's back in the game. Holy moly. Right? Cuomo's playing politics again. And uh, I'd rather have Cuomo than Biden. By a country mile. I think it's dangerous to have a demented president, not narcissistic demented, demented, because it means the whole thing's being run by committee. And so Biden's scary. Harris is, looks like a complete imbecile. What's scary about Harris? You know, those speeches she gives, it's not like Dr. Seuss. I, I, am think, she, I think she's genuinely stupid. Well, but what's also true is she has a script in front of her. Did someone write that? <laughs> I'm wondering if they're not sandbagging her with stupid scripts. She <laughs> was reading it on a the script. teleprompter. Burgundy will read it. And that's right. And, and she, she has a script. She's reading it. I'm going, whoever wrote that script wouldn't even, wouldn't even get a, a, an SAT score they could use to get into college. We both should go. I got to figure out what to have for dinner. I'm I'm leaning more towards there's no one in charge, and it's. I don't know. I don't think that I'm starting to think. Well, there's the murmuration, right? The starling murmuration, and the 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 sociopathic grifters at the top are all just kind of agreeing on shit and flying where they all fly together and making their making their their vig. This isn't my idea. I heard the comedian Duncan Trussell say it like 10 years ago. But what this might be is, is this whole universe is your dream. And the madness of the world is the manifestation of the fact that the dream's coming to an end. And so it comes out in the way form of the world that you know, that you've it's always about known to burst. is falling apart. And it's the dream is falling apart. And you're about to wake up in bed. Well, this this is uh, this would you know the Star Trek episode where they put the guy in prison for thirty years, but it's only a, an hour, and but he lives the he experiences thirty years, and then he gets out, and they said, but you only gave up an hour of your life. He said, I spent thirty years in that prison, and it's a really interesting, provocative episode. It kind of seems like this is the way of the ego saying your your world is falling apart. This is all just a lesson and enlightenment and letting go. Nothing is real. Nothing is static. There's nowhere to stand. Send me a link to this podcast. Yeah. And send me a link to your, your podcast that I can get a, an index in case it's not self-evident. Yeah. If it is self-evident, I don't need it. But um, uh-huh. I want to check some of these, these podcasts from the past. We're all podcasted out the kazoo. I, I don't know how any of you guys can commandeer enough attention. I've, I've, I've had on some insane guests 
I uh, well today I would argue your guest today was insane. Oh, today we went we went full straight jacket. But uh, we went full. Yeah, I know. We went, we went full straight jacket. But yeah, I got another guest that I got I got a knockout. So uh, Mr. Oh, Palm, thank you so much that for coming on. Gotten a worn out podcast. See you later. Uh, no, no. All right, man. I'll I'll, t- I'll I'll send it to you. All right. Adios. All right, dude.